Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. We're going to turn uh, now to God's Word. So hopefully there's a Bible nearby you, and uh, we're going to have two readings. Uh, So if you want to first turn to Psalm 147, and uh, that is on page 632, and then also you might want to look up Colossians chapter 3, page 1184, so Psalm 147 on page 632, and then Colossians chapter 3, page 1184. Keep a finger in the Colossians 1, and uh, we're going to have Simon's going to come and read Psalm 147, and Margaret's going to come and read uh, from Colossians 3. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls hail down like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Colossians 3, uh, beginning at verse 11. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. 
Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Terrific. Simon, Margaret, thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, now, Babette, wonderfully, has got some handouts, and uh, Sophie as well, so... Uh, grab a pen if you like to jot down notes and uh, keep the Bible open, Colossians 3, and uh, these handouts will make their way to you. I should mention this morning that Simon is um, at Hounslow Town Church, a fellow commission church in, in Hounslow, uh, helping them with their music. Uh, one of their big needs is, is musicians, and wonderfully, uh, we've been able to send people over to support them in their music, um, so it's great to be able to do that on a day when we are particularly thinking about the place of music and singing in, in our church life, which is what we're going to be doing under the title, Dwelling Richly. You can see where that comes from in Colossians chapter 3. Um, so uh, hopefully, handouts are with you. Uh, why don't I pray as we come to, to God's word? Let's, let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you so much for the amazing gift of music and of singing and for the way in which you use it in so many ways uh, for our strengthening and for our encouragement and for our good. And Lord, please help us to to see that all the more now as we come to see what your word has to say about the place of music and singing in the life of our gatherings. And Lord, grow us in this gift for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this is the final of our six talks that we've been doing, thinking about the gathering. Uh, as we gather together Sunday by Sunday, uh, what is it all about? That's what we've been thinking. Why do we do what we do? Uh, We recognize how most of the week we spend our time scattered as Christians, getting on with our lives, uh, seeking uh, to live for the Lord in many different areas that he's uh, called us to, seeking to honor and worship him in all that we do. But once a week we come together on a Sunday, we gather and it's not us just doing this, not just a brilliant idea that Sir Michael's Fallwell has come up with. Uh, Christians have been doing this for centuries. And right now, today, it's wonderful to think of how Christians are gathering. Millions of Christians are gathering in big gatherings, small gatherings, all around the world. And uh, it is a wonderful thing to think that we are part of that. Now, why does that happen? Uh, just to give us a little bit of an overview of where we've come from. One of the things we recognize right at the beginning of this series is that to gather, to assemble, is really what it means to be church. Actually, the New Testament word for church, ecclesia, simply means assembly. And for an assembly to be an assembly, it needs to assemble. 
And that's what we do uh, Sunday by Sunday, coming uh, together. But we're no ordinary gathering. We're not just a simple assembly. We're an assembly in God's name. And so as we gather, we are gathering, we thought, uh, in the company of three. Uh, We gather in the company of God himself who is with us by his Holy Spirit. We gather in the company of one another. Uh, We're all part of this. We're not just turning up on a Sunday as spectators, uh, sort of looking on. Uh, We're part of it. We're on the pitch, as it were. We all have a part uh, to play. And even just being here, just turning up, never underestimate the ministry of just turning up, what an encouragement it is, just simply uh, being here. And we also gather before a watching world. We thought about how our gatherings are a great opportunity to invite those who don't yet know the Lord Jesus to come in. We want to be open and everyone is welcome uh, to see what it means uh, to live the Christian life. We thought also about the shape of our services. Why do we do what we do? And really each service we long that we retell the gospel story. And as part of that Uh, As we come Sunday by Sunday, we once again recognize our place in that story. Andrew Wilson, I quoted a few weeks ago, put it like this. Restoring people involves restoring people. Restoring people involves restoring people. We need to hear the gospel story week by week by week and our place in it. And then we've thought about the various things that we actually do that make up our gathering and why we do them. They seem very ordinary things in many ways. And yet they're what might be called means of grace, ways in which God blesses us through his grace. So prayer, uh, through simply reading the Bible, hearing the Bible read and preached, uh, through singing, think about that in a second. Last week we were thinking about the place of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And then just spending time with one another, uh, sharing life with one another, uh, just chatting over tea and coffee uh, before and afterwards, and that's such an important part of our life together. And through it all, we are, as it were, we're breathing in revelation, and then we're breathing out response. Uh, That's how uh, Matt Redman, the musician, uh, describes it. I think it's really helpful. We breathe in revelation. We breathe in God's word. And we respond uh, as well. And through all of that, the hope is that as we come Sunday by Sunday by Sunday, each time we come and leave more refreshed, more invigorated in the Christian life than we were as we arrived. That there is that sense of restoration, reorientation, reshaping of our hearts as we gather So that's a very quick overview of what we thought about over the last few weeks. Today, in this final um, talk on this, we're thinking about the place of music and singing. We're especially going to look at Colossians 3. So uh, have that open, page 1184, um, if it's not in front of you. We'll be particularly looking at that. And we're going to think about it under three headings, uh, the foundations of our singing, uh, the nature of our singing, and the benefits of our singing. So first, the foundations of our singing. And our foundations are this. It is all about who we are in 
Jesus, our identity in him. I love it. It's really striking. This passage here in Colossians 3 is the sort of go-to passage uh, when, it, when we talk about singing in church. But it's really interesting to see the context in which verse 16 is put in. And that's why we had it read from verse 11. And it's a wonderful description of what it means to be a church, a church family, to be Christians. So verse 12, have a look at this. Isn't this a lovely description of a Christian? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Do you know that is what you are if you're a Christian? You are chosen by God, you are holy in Christ, and you're dearly loved. Do you realize that? Do you know that? That is a description of who you are in Christ. And it means... Uh, that we um, live that out, imperfectly of course, but we're to live that out in our life with one another. Uh, Now we don't have a dress code here at church, you can wear whatever you like as you come to church, but there is a sense in which there's a spiritual dress code as we come to church. Uh, You can see it written here in Colossians. Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. As chosen, holy, dearly loved people, we're to then live that out amongst ourselves with one another, uh, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiving one another. I mean, that supposes that we're going to make mistakes with one another. We're going to irritate one another. And yet what it means to be Christian, what it means to be church, what it means to be gathered, is to bear with one another, to forgive one another. And just to apply this into the whole area of music, it's easy because music music touches our emotions, of course, doesn't it? And as a result, it can be quite easy for that to be an area that traditionally can split churches. Uh, You would have heard of worship wars. Uh, Should you have a band or should you have an organ? Uh, It's very easy for music, uh, because we feel these things deeply, to split churches, which is why it's so striking the context in which Paul talks about the place of music, to be in this context of a people who know that they're dearly loved and who express that love to one another. And I've got to say, I am so thankful for our life as a church together because I see so often people laying down their preferences, their musical preferences, for the sake of others. And that's not a small thing to do. We have many wonderful examples of that. And it might be, it might be that you prefer to have more hymns, that you regret the fact that there's not an organ, that we weren't able to restore that. Or it might be actually that you would love to spend more time Uh, in band-led worship, with more space. And I'm so thankful for the way in which, uh, whether that's your preference or not, it is wonderful how uh, our church family are wonderful, you are wonderful, at uh, deferring to others on it, and bearing with one another, with humility and gentleness and patience. Uh, That is a great 
blessing. So that gives us a little bit of a context. And it's worth recognizing uh, also how this description of God's people brings us together in a unity. Uh, it's a love that holds us together in this amazing unity. Uh, we might be very different in many different ways, but we're one in Christ. Uh, verse 11, again a description of the church. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. And it's just worth recognizing as we think about music. It is the gospel that unites us together, that connects us together, not music in itself. We are first united together in the gospel. Yes, music and singing is a wonderful expression of our unity. And isn't it an amazing expression of unity? One of the joys of singing, you've got multiple voices, diverse voices, and yet it makes one wonderful sound come together. And I think as we think about who we are, our identity in Christ, leading to our singing, it leads to this key point that really, if we, the more we know who we are, the more singing just sort of will bubble up out of us. We won't be able to help but sing. Christians can't help but sing. Uh, because of God's love for us, our love for one another, it just sort of emanates itself in singing. Uh, you see that at the beginning, but actually in this little passage, it's also worth seeing at verse 16, it kind of bookends our singing with the fact that grace shapes everything we are. So the latter part of verse 16, the last part of verse 16, uh, actually the New King James puts it really well. Uh, we see here in the NIV, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. The New King James says, singing with grace in our hearts. And that, that's what sort of undergirds all our singing, the grace of God bubbling up. So Gordon Fee uh, put it like this. It's got it on your handout. The focus as we sing is not so much our attitude towards God, but our awareness of his attitude towards God us. Our singing it comes from a deep sense of identity, who we are in Christ. Songs bubble up like a spring. Been to a spring and it just sort of bubbles up. Maybe our experience is more a burst water pipe in London or something like that. Whatever image works best. I passed one the other day on the road and the water was just sort of bubbling up. Just couldn't stop coming. And uh, that is to be true of our Singing, it just sort of bubbles up. We can't help ourselves but sing because of who we are in Christ. Uh, Johnny was so helpful in the Church of, Eng uh, Church of England, in the uh, Church Family Focus, um, where he uh, said, you know, singing is such a big part of our lives, isn't it? Uh, we, music is such a big part of our lives. Well, you know, if you go to a football match, people start singing to express support. We sing when we're happy. Uh, may, maybe it's in the shower. I remember I used to always burst into song when I got home from school. And, uh, you know, full operatic singing. You know, back home, fantastic, until the neighbours complained and said, a um, little bit too noisy. Um, but we sing when we're, we're happy. Uh, we often turn also to music in other times of life for comfort. Uh, whether your preference is Beethoven 
or Adele, or whatever it might be, we often go to music, don't we, to express our sadness, to give voice to that, expression to that. We sing when we want to celebrate, as John was showing us, happy birthday. We sing when we want to have fun. Uh, TikTok might be your thing. Uh, maybe it's karaoke. Um, that'd be some, probably not all. Uh, Eurovision, why do people enjoy Eurovision so much? in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, singing is such a big part of our lives, and it's also a big part of the lives of Christians, of God's people. You can see singing just all the way through uh, the Bible. I put on that uh, little box there, just examples of singing in the Bible. Uh, the first place to go, the Psalms, is the Bible's hymn book, songbook. And do you know there are over 100 commands exhortations to sing in the Psalms. Um, in the Gospels, you see singing all over the place. I mean, just one example. Uh, think of the birth of Jesus and how people responded to the birth of Jesus. And we have a whole load of songs, and they've been given all these uh, Latin names. Uh, Mary's Magnificat, Zechariah's Benedictus, uh, the Angel's Gloria in Excelsis Deo, uh, Simeon's Nunc Dimittis. Uh, famous songs that just sort of welled out of this amazing moment when uh, God came to earth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or at more serious moments, fast forward in the Gospels and the Last Supper. What did the disciples do before they went out to the Mount of Olives? We're told they sung a song. Uh, think of the early church. Uh, they just couldn't stop singing. Uh, do you remember the scene of Paul and Silas? They're in prison in Philippi. Uh, their feet are in stocks, and there they are just singing away. And then looking ahead to the new creation. If you look at Revelation, how does Revelation describe God's people in the new creation? They are singing. There is a lot of singing going on. I've uh, put some references there. And there's also another lovely reference to singing in the Bible, uh, to Zephaniah, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. And this is of God singing. Now let me just read it. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And all this is to say, the Christian faith is a sung faith. Music and singing, it should play a very big part of our lives as a church, which is why it's such a blessing, such a gift that we've got so many wonderful musicians, isn't it, here at St. Michael's, brilliantly led by Toby. What a great blessing that is, and what a wonderful uh, part of our church life. But it's not just the music team. It's all of us. I love this quote from Matt Merker. He says this, when you join a church, you join the choir. When you join a church, you join the choir. You're all in the choir. I'm in the choir. I can't quite believe I've got into a choir, given my voice. But we're all in the choir. We're all part of the choir. So that uh, is the foundations of our singing, rooted in identity of Christ. identity in Christ. It just bubbles up out of us. Now, a little bit more quickly, we'll think about these other two areas, the nature of our singing and the benefits of our singing. The nature of our singing, we actually sing in two directions. First, we sing to God. 
I guess this is obvious, but it needs to be stated. God is with us now in our gatherings. God is with us. And it's right and important that we praise him, that we worship him, that we give thanks to him, that we can come before him in song and prayer, lament, as we've already done this morning. The Psalms again and again call us to praise God. Uh, Psalm 92, the psalm we've begun with, it is good to praise the Lord. And so that is one of the crucial things we do as we come together. And it's very easy to sort of allow it to slip by, to allow that opportunity to sing and praise God together, to just slip by. Sometimes we can sort of, in our minds, just sort of treat the singing a little bit like the ad breaks in a show. You know, you can just sort of have a mental cup of tea, a little moment to switch off until the action starts again. That is not what singing is all about. Our singing is there so that we can praise God. And so can I encourage us to really be present in that moment as we worship God together, to be present and to give him all our hearts and our minds as we praise him. He delights to hear our praises. So God is here as we worship him. And there is something uh, particularly wonderful about being able to worship God together. Of course we worship him all our life, but as we gather together praising him in song, there's something particularly special about that. But it's not the only, God is not the only um, audience of our singing. And this is something, again, we can easily miss. We're also to sing to one another. And this is actually the emphasis here in Colossians chapter 3. Our singing is not just vertical, it's horizontal. So have a look at verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So you can see that the audience of God singing to God, but also we're to sing to one another. Through our singing, through the singing of psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit, and it's worth saying, commentators debate as to whether that's just a sort of piling songs upon songs upon songs, or whether that's actually distinguishing between psalms in the Old Testament, sort of more established hymns and then new songs uh, brought about by the Spirit. I'm not going to get into that debate now. Both, I think, are true anyway. But through these songs... What are we to do? We're to teach and admonish one another. Uh, Teach one another, I guess that's the sense of uh, promoting positive truths, admonishing, that's perhaps uh, declaring warnings to one another. And we do that through our singing. It's a wonderful sense in which we do that all together. Uh, If you're a teacher, well, if you're, I guess we all know how effective music is for teaching, Um, how you help people remember things, uh, often put it to music, and it's much easier to remember. And uh, that's true for us as well. I guess a lot of the sort of foundation of our doctrine comes from, or what's in our mind, comes from the songs that we sing. It just sort of plants itself in our our mind more. Uh, Lines from the songs, just this morning, uh, 
many of us will know the sort of the words of praise to the Lord really well. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is your help and salvation. Uh, that's declaring wonderful truths that are sort of pinned in our mind in a way that if we were just sort of reading that out, we might not remember. So it's a great uh, method with which uh, to teach. And it's also wonderful because it says that this is something we're all responsible for. We're all responsible for teaching and admonishing one another. I love the way how uh, someone put it, Harold Best put it like this, a congregation is just as responsible to sing the gospel as the preachers are to preach it. Gives that real sense of responsibility that we have for one another to declare the truths about the gospel, about God, to one another. And so I think it's worth just thinking this. Sometimes there can be a danger in seeing the time of singing as kind of my moment with God. And it's not less than that. We come before God, of course, as individuals, but we also have an opportunity as we sing to sing to one another. Uh, so we don't want to be too individualistic in our singing. It also means don't hold back in your singing. Uh, I remember back in my days of teaching, a school I used to teach at, it was an all-boys school, and at assembly there was just every now and then we, we did hymns, and for some reason it was just not the thing to do to sing. And it was just agony. And the boys had just absolutely perfected the art of opening your mouths and looking like you're singing so they didn't get in trouble but without any sound coming out whatsoever. And the result is that it just sort of, the scene got quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter till only the odd member of staff were heard. And it was just so painful, the whole experience. Contrast that. Isn't it a joy when you sing and we sing such that we just can let it go? And we can feel that sense of abandon just going for it. Uh, maybe you're, you're sort of particularly conscious that oh, I've just got a terrible voice. I can't sort of let anyone else have to bear with that. Forget about that. It is such an encouragement to hear one another sing, whether we've got a good voice or a terrible voice. I think of a friend of my brother's who has a terrible voice, and yet he, he just, just goes for it in church incredibly loudly. Uh, I remember him singing, what a beautiful name it is, um, with this terrible voice, but it was such an encouragement because he was praising God. He was praising God. And so can I encourage us just to go for it, to enjoy that singing, because we sing to one another for one another's encouragement to teach and admonish one another. And just recognizing we sing in varied ways as well. Uh, we sing old hymns, new songs as well. Uh, it is right that every generation, I think, should come up with new songs. Uh, we sing uh, with real variety as well. The Psalms is interesting on this. If you look at the Psalms, you'll see there, um, as Matt prayed beautifully earlier, uh, they're Psalms of praise, they're Psalms of thanksgiving, but they're also Psalms of lament, songs, as it were, in a minor key. And it's just worth recognizing that the wonderful truth that God says it's good to sing songs of lament. Uh, we need to do that. And one of, the joy, one of the joys of Songs of Lament is that they give a wonderful... Um, sometimes we can't come up with the words or express our emotion 
towards God. It's just sometimes just too much. And songs of lament are a wonderful way of giving expression to how we're feeling, uh, giving a voice to it. So that fantastic song we sung earlier, Lord, from sorrows deep I call. Uh, that's, that's taken from Psalm 42, uh, a psalm of lament. And, you know, what wonderful words. Oh, my soul, sort of preaching to ourselves, preaching to one another. Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. My help, my rock, I will praise you. Sing, oh, sing, through the raging storm. You're still my hope, my salvation. Isn't it so precious to be able to sing that uh, to one another? Uh, and, of course, Sunday by Sunday as we come here, as I prayed right at the beginning, some, some of us will be full of the joys of spring. Some of us will be feeling deep pain. And through singing and singing songs, both of praise and lament, we're able to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and to mourn with those who are mourning. We can express that together as we sing together. So we sing in varied ways. And um, so thankful to, to the band and to Toby. for, for so, Toby gives so much thought to the songs that we sing. Uh, week by week, to give us that that's balance in our singing. And it's worth just recognizing there are uh, lots of different opportunities, not just on a Sunday uh, morning. So in the Sunday evening service, our singing takes a slightly different shape. We have, at the beginning of the service, a, a sort of a slightly longer, more extended time of singing. And so if you're sort of thinking, oh, I just want to sing more than two songs in a row, or whatever it might be, more space, come in the evening every now and then. And there's a real opportunity to do that. Another thing we do turn by turn is a worship night. And that, that, you can really go for it for an hour and a half or so and, and enjoy that. I know people had a wonderful time just the other day on that. Uh, so look out for those opportunities as well. And all of this has great benefit in our lives. It has great benefit in our lives. And I think it has benefit in two ways. Uh, that we see here. It drives the gospel deep in us. Singing drives the gospel into us. But it also draws praise from the depths of our hearts. See, it sort of goes in both directions. It drives the gospel deep in us. I think that's what it's talking about here in verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among us richly as you teach and admonish one another. Uh, it's if you're anything like me, it's easy for faith to be sort of in the head. And we hear stuff in the head. And it's important for our minds to be engaged and for us to be thinking Christians. But we don't want to leave it there. If you want to leave the gospel just in your head, we want to get it into our heart. We want to get it into our gut, actually. It needs to go deep down. And music is a wonderful gift that God has given us to do that, to drive these wonderful truths of the gospel deep in our hearts. How does this happen? Well, Ephesians 5, which is a sort of parallel passage to Colossians 3, I think puts it really helpfully. It says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that phrase, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, the contrast is with alcohol. So we could be filled with alcohol. And when we're filled with alcohol, if we've had too much alcohol, what does it do? It sort of takes over our body. And we come under its influence. 
and we begin to lose control, and it can lead to debauchery. And what Paul is writing here in Ephesians is saying, don't, don't be filled, controlled by alcohol. Be filled by the Holy Spirit. Come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he will take this message of his and he will drive it deep inside us. And I think that's what happens when we sing, when we sing truths of the gospel. The Holy Spirit, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and his truth, his word, drills down into our life, from our head to our heart, into our gut. So it drives deep within us. And then, so the other side of the coin, it, music draws praise from the depths of our hearts. I think of it a little bit like a deep well. And uh, it sort of draws out like a bucket, drawing out uh, what's down deep in the well, deep in our hearts. And I don't know, again, if you're anything like me, sometimes we can turn up to church and um, our souls can feel a little bit like they're in the deep freeze. Uh, we just feel a bit sort of numb spiritually uh, with all that's going on in life. And singing is a wonderful way of just drawing out from us the praises that are deep within, planted in us by the Holy Spirit, his grace within us. Uh, that gratitude, that grace in our hearts that verse 16 speaks about. And with this in mind, just worth thinking, uh, Matt, Matt Merker um, gives another helpful quote here. Let me just read what he says here. Our hearts are frail and fallen, so we probably shouldn't expect a mountaintop high of exhilaration during congregational singing each week. However, if our singing never moves us to transcendent joy in the Savior, we should be concerned about our spiritual state. I don't know what you make of that, but there is a sense in which, yeah, week by week, our hearts, they're frail, uh, they're fallen. Not every week's going to be an incredible experience, but there should be times where through music, God draws out from us just that joy, that gratitude that is deep within us. Uh, we are emotional people, and music rightly used is a wonderful way of expressing those emotions, giving us appropriate emotions for what we're singing. And I guess we'll all be coming from different places on this. Perhaps uh, in our past, in our background, wherever it might be that we've been in a sort of emotional situation that's perhaps been a bit unhealthy from the point of view of being sort of too buttoned up, um, uh, maybe an anti-emotional culture. And if that's us, let's pray the words of Psalm 51. May the Lord open our lips in praise. Others, we might be, from our background or whatever, have actually experienced a sort of over-emotional um, experience, maybe a sentimental culture. And again, the beauty of Christian songs is that it doesn't just give us music which stirs our emotions, but it gives us truth to hold on to. It gives us words to sing. And wherever we're coming from emotionally, it's just worth knowing ourselves a little bit and growing. Maybe we need to hang on to the truths, but concentrate on the truths rather than just the sounds. Maybe actually we need to allow the music to stir appropriate emotion within us.
And just a final note on that. I, I, I think we, it's good to think about our posture a little bit as we sing. Look, there are no rules here, uh, but there can be great blessing. Uh, well, there is great blessing in standing as we sing. That's sort of recognizing a mark of respect and reverence. Uh, there can be great blessing in lifting hands, opening our hands up as an expression of openness and joy and receiving and love. Uh, I love Winston Churchill's quote, we shape our buildings and thereafter our buildings shape us. And uh, there's a lot of wisdom, I think, in that. And I think it can be true for us as our bodies as well. Uh, Our posture of our bodies can actually shape us they can have an impact upon us. And uh, the danger in a casual culture is that uh, we can be very casual towards God. Um, and actually, there can be a great wisdom in allowing our bodies to, to just, you know, if we raise our hands or open our hands out, uh, it can be a great way of just physically saying, look, Lord, um, I want to be open to you. I want to receive from you. I want to give thanks to you. Uh, For biblical backing on that, have a look at Nehemiah 8. It's very interesting how the people of God, when they gather together in Nehemiah 8, uh, what they do, there's a lot about their physical posture, about when they they listen to God's word and they stand and they actually, they kneel and they lie prostrate on the floor and then they raise their hands. And I think there's some wisdom in that as we sing. We're all different. There are no rules on this. And there's no compulsion on this at all. We have total permission to praise God as we like. But it's worth just thinking for ourselves a little bit uh, how we might want to grow and uh, express our, our praise and worship to the Lord, uh, not just with our voice, but uh, with our body as well. So, singing, it drives the gospel deep in us. It draws praise from the depths of our heart. So it's a great gift. It's a great blessing, Uh, and uh, of course, we're going to finish our time with a decent time. We've got 10 minutes now to really be able to praise God, and we're going to sing a couple of songs uh, together. And um, it's worth saying, so yeah, band, come on up. And um, uh, as as we're singing as well, um, just worth thinking about the, the opportunity singing gives us as well, is, is to respond to God, to respond to his word. Uh, we breathe in revelation, we breathe out response. And uh, one way we might like to respond is to spend some of the time in prayer. Uh, maybe, uh, feel free, you know, sometimes it's great just to be able to just sit down. Everyone else is singing, you might just need a bit of space to come before God in prayer. Just feel free to sit down quietly with that. Uh, another opportunity, if you want to pray with others, uh, we've got a prayer team It's been going for a number of weeks now, and uh, the prayer team will be available uh, almost always at the end of the service in a song uh, just here to my right, to your left. And uh, if you'd like someone to pray with you, for you, then uh, during the singing or after the service, you'll be so welcome to come on over uh, and uh, uh, just maybe share something briefly uh, or just say, look, I'd just love you to pray for me. Uh, It can be a great encouragement. Or just be praying for one another as well. uh, there might be opportunities after the service to do that with someone uh, who you particularly know and would appreciate that from. Uh, but this is a chance for us to, to come before God uh, at the end of our gathering and to respond to him, respond to the good news of the Lord Jesus uh, with this great gift of music. So can I invite us all to stand?
Um, and uh, let us, uh, let, let me lead us in prayer, and then we'll, we'll praise God together. It's going back to, to the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God. Heavenly Father, we have so much to sing about, to praise you for. Lord, we thank you for the gift of music. And Lord, we pray that you might now, by your Spirit, stir our hearts. Bring the truths that we've been thinking about, the truths that we know about Jesus, and drill them deep in our hearts, in our guts. Would you draw out praise uh, from us? Might we know your grace afresh this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.